Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon. The Nepalese meditation bowl is chiming, and that means it's time for The Art of the CEO, bringing you the most helpful and most fascinating people in the business community from all around our terrestrial orb. This this is Bart Jackson, the Hieronymus Bosch of business, with today's focus on tackling tough talks stresslessly. Yesterday, we square off against some of the most gnarly and anxiety-laden communications and situations, true tales from out of the Gordian snarls of your workplace that you've actually encountered. And by Fortuna's overflowing and kindly graces, Mr. Matt Abrahams, Stanford University communications professor, consultant of Bold Echo, and author of How to Speak Up Without Freaking Out, has come on board as features guests to proffer us some really fine solutions that are going to make you much more effective and your business day a whole lot happier. Matt, how are you doing today? I am doing fantastic. Thank you. Oh, I'm so so glad you could join us here. Um, Matt, just, just to give us a little foretaste of the feast to come, most of the folks uh, really do not step forward into either form, formal or, or casual speaking situations, willingly or well. So could you briefly give two seeds, two, two things we, would, we should remember that are going to make it all work a little better when we step up to speak there? Well, so... To begin, you have some ideas, you have some passion, you have something that you want to contribute. And for many of us, it can just be challenging to speak up because we have some anxiety around it. Will we come off Mm. well? Will people perceive us as intelligent, as contributing in a meaningful way? And the, the reality is most people feel that way. And those who are willing to take the risk and the challenge of stepping up often are heard are seen as confident and competent and can really make a difference. So, so the first piece is acknowledging that you're not alone in those feelings of concern and anxiety. <laughs> and then the true. second piece is that the audience, you know, they, they're, they're there to, to gain value from you. They're not there to judge or to be critical. In most situations, people want to collaborate. People want to have a good conversation and, and, and learn and benefit from each other. So I spend a lot of my time as, as an academic and as a consultant really helping people muster the courage to speak and when they do speak, make sure that they do so in a way that is connected and compelling to those with whom they speak. Okay, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here that we, we have a feast of wisdom in store for each individual out there. And whether you are the truly jovial queen of laughter consultant trying to inject some productive fun into corporate life like Sherry, uh, she even laughs at my jokes, man, or an accountant specialist for a large HR outsourcing firm seeking to personalize relationships like Andrew, the art of the CEO is here for your benefit. 
And every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, The Art of the CEO streams magically through the immensely misunderstood realms of cyberspace, where you may listen and download it by visiting blogatalkradio.com slash the art of the CEO. That's blogtalkradio.com slash the art of the CEO, where every week you may gather up and reap the sage counsel from business masters to make your careers thrive and your ventures absolutely flourish. But before you and Matt and I all launch off into this journey to triple the effectiveness of your golden tongue, why don't we take a moment out there to supply you with a few utensils for this feast of wisdom. So first, as I always do, allow me to remind each of you hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of yourself. And that's the most important position you'll ever hold in your career. So I please pause and ponder and ask, will this be the day that you review those old haunting sins and congratulate yourself on your ability to pick up past errors? Or will you continue to beat yourself up with regret? The choice, my friend, is truly yours. And as a second utensil, it's time to dip into a little laughter and take a scriptural recitation from the 101 Best Business Quips book. So let me pull this little gem out here. Okay, okay. This is number 68. <clears throat> i got to get the right tone for this. Everything is going downhill. The only thing worse than this year's economy is, is last year's. <laughs> And as an afterthought, I'd like to think about that phrase, last year, worse improvement. Anyway, at any rate, I, ever since King Tut's economic advisors bellied up to the throne room, advisors have come on bearing bad outlooks and forecasts. So, nix the gloom, concentrate on your saleable skills, and if you've got the right stuff, well, now is the best time to plunge into that venture. Just a thought. And as a third utensil, perhaps it would prove appropriate to call today's utensil the decision knife. So coming at you right now is last week's business quotation. And hang in there with us, because later in the show, blurting your way is going to be another enriching quotation. And if you are among the learned souls who knows the author of that quote, simply write that sage's name down as you believe him or her to be, and email it to info at bartsbooks.com. That's I-N-F-O at B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S dot com. And if you are correct, your knowledge will earn you a marvelous gift, freshly disemboweled from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. So the author of last week's quote, the individual who said, (laughs) I love this, the author, (laughs) the individual who said, the plural of anecdote is data. Be careful what you trust. (laughs) Those words were spoken by none other than the noted political advisor and statistician Raymond Wolfinger. So with utensils in hand, let's tuck into today's Feast of Wisdom and turn again to the Master of Communications and Stress-Busting Speaking, Mr. Matt Abraham. Matt, could you begin by enlightening us all and tell us a little bit now, uh, I understand your book, How to Speak Without Freaking Out, is entering its third or 217th edition. It's really doing well. And so I'm going to take advantage of your expertise, if I may, and ask, is there, in speaking, a feminine advantage or a masculine advantage that that you can applicably use in speaking? 
So that's a really in-depth and deep question. There are people who have spent academic careers looking at differences in sex and gender and status and in power. And in my book, Speaking Up Without Freaking Out, we – I, I step away from that discussion because really there are some yeah, yeah. foundational and fundamental things that make for a difference in what makes for compelling okay. and effective speaking. But to specifically address your issue, if it, if you look at the research, a feminine style of communication tends to be more collaborative, tends uh-huh. to be more balanced in power in terms of looking at contribution equally from others, a more male style of communication tends to be more assertive, tends to be more uh, turn-taking. One person speaks than another without the connection right. among the two. And, and quite honestly, right. what, what has been found is that a more feminine collaborative style tends to be more effective in terms of achieving goals and having uh-huh. people feel valued as part of that. So I don't spend a lot of time in the book talking about gender differences. I do spend a lot of time talking about across people in general, what we can do to be more confident, connected, and compelling. Okay. Well, I thank you for adding that. And I'm going to, if you will forgive me, give a shameless plug as to why, if you would like to know why we got those roles. My wife's husband wrote a little piece about that in Behind Every Successful Woman is Herself, and it goes back to the Neolithic Flint Chippers. But I'm, what I like so much about your answer is that you say, forget that. Don't work with that. Work with your audience. Work with the people, and there's, we're more alike than different. Thank you. Thank you. Now, well, you're welcome, dilemmas, and it is important. Hmm? Yes. Go right ahead. I was, I was just going to go on. I was, uh, that, uh, we, I was going to go on to the dilemmas, our, our speaking dilemmas, because Phoebe B uh, sent in this encounter, and it, it's, it's the boss. He's strongly opinionated, slightly ocratic, and he brooks no argument lightly. At the same time, here they are before this boss. He's giving the team an assessment of a situation based on facts or events that you know are greatly in error, and he has got to be corrected before he follows this long train all the way down to a bad conclusion. So, here you go, Matt. How do you bring this up to him and correct him within the meeting? Very challenging situation, one in which many of us have found ourselves. To me, there are a few critical tools that all competent communicators need to have in their toolkit. And one of the Uh most effective tools is the paraphrase. Paraphrasing Uh allows you to take what somebody has said and to reframe it in your own way of thinking. It serves Uh to acknowledge their contribution but allows you to pivot, to rotate, to reframe in a direction that you feel is more appropriate. And the paraphrase is is a tool that I will be using as an answer to many of these communication conundrums. So in the case of the boss who is uh, off-center or who is uh, providing an opinion that is is not based on reality or fact, a great way (laughs) to do that is to paraphrase and to say, so what I hear you saying and extrapolate to a level that is agreeable. So, for example, you might say oh. something like, so what I hear you talking about is directions that we can take as a company to increase our profits or increase our customer success or satisfaction. 
one approach beyond what you're suggesting might be to do this. So there's an acknowledgement of, in this case, his opinion or his uh, position, but at the same right. time you begin to pivot or reframe it to be in line with what you and the others around the table might believe in. So it's a softer way of redirecting. It is also a way that most people understand is being used to, to realign with, with, in this case, what you're describing, reality. And so I am a big, big fan of paraphrasing, and it's something that people have to work on. It is not something that, that comes naturally, but with paraphrasing, you can really make a lot of these ugly, challenging situations uh, more palatable. Oh, I'm glad you said that. You see, because I had it all set. I had I had my own response to uh, for Phoebe written out here. I said, it, it began with now. Just a minute here, stupid. And um, <laughs> you know, as I look at it, as as I think this through, I would say perhaps paraphrasing might might beat all heck out of, out of just a minute there, stupid. I, well, I, 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 I think agree? it. I think I mean, it it, it, I think it, the, the likelihood of uh, longer-term employment is is helped ah, with yeah. uh, paraphrasing. Right. Yeah. Let's go with a paraphrasing. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Moving on. Uh, you are facing a tough, skeptical client. Um, that who, uh, you're trying to give him a product that you personally believe in. And it could be anything, but in the case of our contributors, Mr. A. Aldrich is from the sunny shores of the Delaware in Pennsylvania. It's an upgraded model of software to handle the client's accounting. Now, uh, that just makes it tangible. But can you give us an opening, uh, an approach with the right mindset, some techniques or words that would start us out on the, the right foot of effective selling, which we all do at some time? Absolutely. Most most of our communication is to motivate, to persuade, to influence. So in this situation, I am a, a another useful tool or tools to have in your toolkit is is structures that you can employ to help you communicate effectively. When you have to present, when you have to communicate, there are two fundamental obligations you have. You have to figure out what to say and how to say it. A, a really useful set of tools to help with the how you say it piece is to have some structures that, that you can deploy. In the case of selling, no better structure exists than what is called the problem-solution-benefit structure, where you articulate the problem okay. at hand. In this case, in the example you're giving, it has to do with accounting and, and servicing those who, who do accounting. The solution is the new software, the new update to the software, and then the benefits are how those using it and those deploying it uh, can make life better, faster, cheaper, more efficient, whatever. Now, in the mm -hmm. case of a hesitant or resistant audience, it is wonderful to take the benefits and lead with that first. So even though the structure is problem-solution-benefit, you can move right. benefits first, get buy-in and connection with the goals, and when you do that, you often diffuse some of the resistance. So if you start by saying, so let's take a step back and really think about the goal here is to be more effective and efficient with how our accounting department runs and how quickly uh -huh. we can turn around our financials. We all agree that that's what we wish to achieve. And the thing that is getting in the way is our particular implementation, our particular tool. I have this new update release or product that can help us. So by doing benefit problem solution, you diffuse a lot of the hostility, the hesitation that exists. So uh, yet another tool that people need to carry in their tool belt is, is a, a whole collection of structures 
one of which that is critical is the problem-solution-benefit structure. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm glad. I, I'd like you to listen to that because uh, Matt has just spoken what I consider to be a timeless truth. That is, when you are speaking, you have a structure, not a script. And in other words, it becomes sort of like a recipe for filling in, but you use your own personal artistry. And I think this is something very important, so I would like to put that down as a quill pen moment. I would like you all to take on out your pens, dip them in the inkwell, and think about jotting down a few structures for your own life. Excellent. Thank you. Let's do another one. This one, let's, let's get a little, a little tougher and nastier, Matt. This is friction. Now, a coworker of yours uh, is just plain uncooperative. He he is so self-absorbed. He's, he's unwilling to work with others. He's sabotaging the entire team. Just um, <clears throat> sounds like my wife's husband. Anyway, this person has made a lot of disparaging remarks, and somehow you've got to impress upon this jerk, uh, th- th- this individual that they're really not helpful, but with a little effort, they could contribute to their own benefit instead of ruin. Uh, take a, 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 I, My own personal opinion is that to, you have to correct, create the right mood. So I think you firmly uh, take two fistfuls of his lapels and begin talking soothingly. I, I, is that a good way, do you think? <laughs> uh, again, in terms of employment retention, ah. I don't think it is necessarily the best way. You know, okay. um, in, in my classes that I teach, we talk about communication competence. And competence is really the balance between two things, what is appropriate and what is effective. And those who are competent can thread that needle well. I would say that you are on one side of that equation. It might be very effective in terms of changing behavior, but it is certainly not appropriate. So one of our right. challenges in any sticky communication situation is to balance what's appropriate with what's effective, and that might mean suppressing some of our initial emotional urges, as Bart, you are expressing. So, um, so that can... That can be very challenging. So, you know, in, in what you're describing is what I would put under the umbrella of feedback. And, and this individual in particular needs to be given some feedback and, and pretty direct and, pre, and pretty critical feedback to boot. But to me, feedback is really an invitation to problem solve. And if you look okay. at feedback as an invitation and as a collaborative problem-solving situation, mm-hmm. then you have to be very mindful of many things that a lot of us don't take into account. We have this emotional reaction to the behavior. We want to jump into it and just fix it, right? Just stop the problem. Right, right. But if the person is not bought into it, if the person is not clear on what needs to be changed, then he or she is going to be resistant, defensive, hesitant, or if any change happens, it'll be, it'll just be for a short, sure. brief period. Yeah. So, sure. again, we need to really reflect on several things before we administer the feedback. We have to think about what might be motivating this particular behavior. Why might the person want to be in the world in this way, be a negative Nilly or somebody who's always challenging. I like to tell, if I can tell a quick anecdote, um, sure, when my, sure. my children were younger, I was doing some work. It might've even been on a podcast such as this in my office. And I hear this loud crashing noise. I run out of my office and there is my older son standing on the counter, reaching over his head to try to grab a plate that 
that he somehow messed up. It fell and shattered all over the ground. So being a good right. parent uh-huh. that I am, I, as soon as I see no blood, I immediately start yelling. What are you doing yeah. on the counter? Why are you <laughs> yeah. doing that? You shouldn't be there. And through his tears, he, he looks at me and says, I was trying to get a plate for his younger brother because he didn't want to interrupt me in the midst of my work. And oh, in that moment, I felt like a complete jerk, a total heel yeah. for having immediately jumped to a, a conclusion that was not the right one. And so oh, I my. always ask people, even for the jerkiest of jerks, even for the person mm-hmm. who is the hellacious employee, if you can step back and ask yourself the question, why might this person be behaving this way? What might be right. the motivation? And from there, then begin to formulate feedback. Now, to me, feedback has a, a couple components. First, you have to, and again, this is a structure, you have to identify the behavior. So if the person is being rude, you don't simply say you were being rude. You say the fact that you cut off your fellow employees several times during the meeting. So it's very concrete. It's something that you can specify. Second, you need to explain to the person how that made you feel in language that you own. So you say that makes me feel that you're not prioritizing other people's opinion. You don't say you're not prioritizing other people's opinion because that invokes defensiveness. The person right. cannot um, argue with your feelings. I, they with how say, you feel. Exactly. That, that, is, and then, that is excellent. Uh, I, I hate to do this, but I'm afraid we are, we are running, we are coming to the midpoint. Was there one more thing that you wanted that, that you need to wrap up that? Th- or fix Simply with feedback, the third and final part is you have to have a clear invitation about what it is you'd like the person to do next. So it's uh, not just saying you're rude. It's what I need you to do is let others speak and then paraphrase what they said before your contribution. A very clear, articulate right. invitation so the person knows how to change. Set the recipe for change. Excellent. Uh, and, and I'm sorry for interrupting you right now. Nonetheless, see, I'm learning. This is Bart Jackson, and you've pulled your chair up to join the Art of the CEO Show streaming live from blogtalkradio.com. And since we have come to a, yay, a bit surpassed the midpoint of today's feast, it is time to take a brief survey and introduce to you the company by whose good graces we are here today. And that firm is Prometheus Publishing, creator of, among several other divisions, Bart's Books Ultimate Business Guides, and you may visit bartsbooks.com and explore a wide wealth of practical wisdom from business masters. And today, Prometheus would like you to take a look at one particular book entitled, So That's How They Do It. And this is one of my favorite book concepts because it was deliberately designed for those business folks uh, we at Bartsburg term, term the energized elite. Now, you know who you are. You're that individual who is trying to fulfill and satisfy uh, their career, and you'll not only hear about a good idea, but you'll rise up from your swivel swivel chair, see something good, a better tool, and apply it to your own job and business, and yes, you will invest in a book. Well, this book is a list of tactics, disciplines, attitudes, uh, each brief, each by example from a major business leader, and it is our hope that you'll look at the tools, apply the ones that suit and set your mind to pondering, oh, I don't know, some more innovative improvements on your own. So you may find, so that's how they do it, at, among other stores, bartsbooks.com. That's B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S.com. And for those of you who cannot last long enough, I 
remind you to keep an eye out for 102 Best Business Quips. It's the all-new Quips book, and each one is new and as laughable as my wife finds her husband. So now, before I get any further carried away with a caw and cackle of my own verbosity, let's return to the shining sage of spoken communication, Mr. Matt Abrahams. <laughs> Jeez, Matt, save us. And, and, and anyway, in case you've just turned in, uh, Matt Abrahams, founder of Bold Echo Communications, is providing us solutions to tough speaking problems. And here is one, the informal presentation. Now, this came from Bill in Newport, Rhode Island. But you're at a meeting, and everyone's tossing out ideas. They're on marketing the firm's latest project. And let's call it an ergonomic office chair. It's not, but let's. Uh, and you have a great marketing strategy um, but Mr. Abrahams, no one ever listens to me. The ideas fly around. How how do I get myself listened to? So part of the challenge of putting your voice on the stage is making sure that the audience is, is open to hearing you. And it, to me, comes back to understanding who's sitting in those chairs around you and what motivates them. Too often we focus on what we want to say and not what others need to hear. And that sounds like Ah. verbal jujitsu where I'm just changing (laughs) words around. But in fact, it's fundamentally different. So if if I know that Sally sitting next to me is very passionate about uh, ergonomics and health in general, since we're talking about an ergonomic chair, then I need to make sure that whatever I say falls under that interest of hers. If I know that... Raul sitting on the other side of me is very concerned about cost and effect and how efficiently we can bring something to market. I need to consider sure. that as well. So I need to understand the attitudes, the expectations, the knowledge of those around the table. Once I understand that, I craft a message that addresses those needs. Part of it has to do with understanding the audience. The other part of it has to do with mustering the confidence to share and contribute. And, and that mm-hmm often can be more challenging because it it has to do with internal, intrinsic, even perhaps genetic characteristics. But understanding your audience and being able to structure a message that's meaningful for them is how you get heard. People are not listened to when they are saying things that do not relate to what needs to be said in the moment. Now, this would apply, what you've just said would apply to the the meeting of the team or when I'm called on to make this the, the, the big presentation to the board and these guys are very scary and the same sort of look over applies right absolutely and in those cases the stakes might even be higher but you mm-hmm. do need to think about what are the needs of those in the room and and often mm-hmm. when you're speaking to executives those needs are very clear the attention span is very limited, and so precision <laughs> becomes the most important part of what you need to do, and you need to figure out how can I say what I need to say in a clear, crisp, concise, and compelling way, and often the best way to do that is through a connectable story. You know, I worked mm-hmm. with somebody once okay. who uh, was, was trying to get the company to invest in a new offering, a new product. Uh, right, and right. rather than going in and just touting the merits of the product, he started speaking to the, and this is C-suite executives, he started by saying, last week we lost a $1.2 million deal because we don't have this particular solution that our competitors have. 
that right. immediately right. got everybody's attention. They well, lost I'll an opportunity <laughs> versus going in and saying, today I'd like to share with you all the reasons why we should invest in this. So how you formulate your message, once you understand uh-huh. what motivates the audience, can have a dramatic impact on, on being heard and uh-huh. actually getting action on what you want. I see. That's very good, and I also like that wise, wise perception that the higher one rises in a company, the less time he's probably going to listen to you. I, uh, yes. That's a whole other story. <laughs> that is. That is. Uh, oh, we, we, uh, we don't have time, but let's squeeze in one more. We, uh, this is from Ellen, and, and this is from Ellen's Everywhere. It, uh, it's time for my annual review. I know my boss barely knows who I am, but but... Uh, he he barely knows what I do, but but how do I arm myself for this career making review? So I for for reviews for job interviews for anything of the sort, I recommend that everybody think about two or three clear themes that you want to get across. So maybe the the okay. theme is that you're highly competent. Maybe the theme mm-hmm. is that uh, you have innovative ideas. And with each of those themes, come up with two or three very specific, concrete examples that you can show that demonstrate those themes. You might not know okay. which ones you will deploy and in which order, but if you have those prepared, when the question uh-huh. comes up or the opportunity to share comes up, you are ready to talk about them. And it's not enough just to think about them. You have to practice articulating those specific points. I don't know about you, Bart, but in my head, I am amazingly eloquent. But when I open up my mouth, <laughs> it is not always the case. So we have to practice not just thinking about things, but speaking them out. That, I think, is the best way to help get noticed, to help show you've got some ideas, vision, and to really put yourself forward so then in the future you might have more influence and access than you do currently in your position. Oh, Matt, I tell you, we, we need a much longer show. Uh, and and I, I thank you very much for that. And you're, you're right. Uh, we are more eloquent in our heads. Uh, reality makes things tough for us. But, uh, Matt, tell us, but before we uh, let you go, where can people get a copy of your excellent and best-selling How to Speak Up Without without freaking out and also if someone is seeking a consultant or a keynote speaker how can they get in touch with you excellent thank you bart so speaking up without freaking out is now in its third edition Uh, it has been doing very well it is available at amazon uh, as well as through the publisher kendallhunt.com k-e-n-d-a-l-l-h-u-n-t kendall hunt and Uh, If you're interested in learning more about what I do and getting help in terms of clear, concise, compelling communication, please visit boldecho.com, B-O-L-D-E-C-H-O.com. And thank you, Bart, for your continued support. I enjoy uh, these conversations, and hopefully people are deriving some value from them. I'm sure they are. They would have to be well under a rock if they were not. You certainly taught me a lot, and uh, I want you to know that my entire team thanks you for it. So as we round out today's show, and as the World Mobile Congress taking place in Barcelona is preparing to wreak more tech havoc into our lives, let me leave you with today's business quotation. Who said... Everybody gets so much information all day long that they lose their common sense. And as a hint, the poet and novelist 
who said this knew Alice B. Toklas better than anyone. So, there you go. Uh, and remember, oh, if you know the author of this quote, just send that author's name as you believe him or her to be. Send it off to info at bartsbooks.com. That's I-N-F-O at B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S dot com to win an absolutely astounding, life-changing gift from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. And Matt, I thank you very much for coming on our show and bringing the wisdom, and I hope you will come back again. Absolutely. Thank you. Okay. And finally, as a parting shot, in the words of my wise husband, a job interview is a process whereby you place your utmost hopes in the hands of another and allow them to fondle and examine them to see how long you can go without squirming. So to uh, to you... Those who faithfully and playfully listened, I hope you've enjoyed sharing the art of the CEO as much as Matt and I have enjoyed bringing it to you. And remember, you may download this show and all our uh, the art of the CEO shows at blogtalkradio.com slash the art of the CEO. And next week, do tune in to blogtalkradio.com slash the art of the CEO because you will want to hear business sage Gary Douglas, author of Defem Salon and the Gentleman's Club, who is be joining Bart Jackson in Whitfield Joust over the odd coupling of men and women together in business. Much help, much fun. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, it has been a privilege. I thank you. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.